This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Zach Paul. Zach is the head of real estate of Peachy. He's an industry veteran being in retail real estate for 13 years. And thus far on his, in his career, he's always been on the corporate real estate side for retailers. I'm excited for him to join us. Welcome to the show, Zach. Thanks so much for having me today. So, Peachy. Yes, Peachy. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about Peachy. and, But first, tell us a little bit about who Zach Paul is. Definitely, for sure. So, like you, you said in the intro, I've always worked in-house on the retailer side. Um, I've worked for retailers like um, Rite Aid. I've done my kind of first job in the industry was doing you know lease admin work for the region. Um, from there, I went to Spirit Halloween, learned so much about temporary short-term leases, and you know just churning out 250 plus you know temp deals a year, and I got to travel the U.S. and really kind of see different retail markets. Um, from there switched to work for Sherwin Williams doing, you know, fortune, working for a fortune 500 company, um, learned really the kind of the intricacies of, you know, long-term leases and, you know, how to structure different types of deals, a lot of ground up development as well. Um, from there, I worked at a company called GoPuff on demand delivery service, very much a startup kind of organization. I was one of the first real estate employees that they hired. Um, was a great kind of you know experience learning about how startups work and how the funding works and just you know switching the strategy you know every week or every month when it comes to you know how to how to grow. Um, from there, uh, you know, unfortunately, was laid off during the pandemic due to you know some changes in in the business model, and that kind of brought me to Peachy. Um, for me, uh, you know, Peachy, we are considered a startup. But I was really able to, you know, kind of use all these past experiences working for, you know, startup, really scrappy organizations, but also really established organizations like Sherwin-Williams and Spirit Halloween and implement, you know, fresh, you know, processes and, and procedures for, for our strategy. I don't, I don't know if you're aware, but Sherwin-Williams was my first job out of college. Yes, I think you were right before me. And when you left, I think I had to pick up the pieces <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, afterwards. Maybe. I don't know. I, I had to look. At, we just share the dates. And, it, and I was a little bit before you. Um, I started there in 04. So it was a little earlier. But they hadn't replaced me for a while. So maybe. Yeah. I mean, great organization, right? I mean, Unbelievable it's company, place. It's a company that's been around for over 150 years. And, you know, for me... I was really able to learn kind of the, the, the amount of effort it takes to open a store. Right. I Did mean, you work Spirit, for Bill Seal. Yep. Bill Seal. Bill Seal. Yeah. Great, what a guy. great guy. Unbelievable yeah. guy. Taught me the ins and outs. And, and again, I'm not an attorney, but I feel just working underneath him. I was really able to kind of get, you know, the intricacies and just how much lease language really does impact, you know, the outcome for sure. Um, and yeah, great, great experience really. So I, I, based on how you characterize the intro of what you do and what you've done, I want to ask a question that we didn't talk about before we got on here. 
So we do have some younger listeners on, and I'd like to do a PSA. So you've had both extremes, Fortune, like 300 company in Sherwin-Williams and startup. Yeah. What are some of the types of people that you think lends itself more to a startup versus a much more mature organization like a Sherwin-Williams and vice versa? What lends itself more to a, you know, a mature organization versus, so if you're like, if you're, if you're like graduating college in a month and you're like entertaining job offers from both types of organizations, what would be some advice you would give to those people? Yeah. I mean, I, I see value in both, right? I think kind of t- the zeitgeist today is like everyone should work at a startup and, and, and make a ton of money. But I think there's also a lot of value working for an extremely established organization as well. I think in order to kind of succeed in any situation, it's really all about your mindset and how you, you know, react or, you know, how you react to different situations. So I will say, you know, working at a startup, when I started at Peachy, and we can talk a little more about, you know, what Peachy is and who we are and what we're doing. When I started, we only had two locations. So there was really no kind of roadmap or formula or strategy whatsoever when it came to, you know, what makes a good Peachy location or what, you know, what are we going to do in the next year or five years? There was really no kind of, you know, metric in place or or process in place. Um, So I would say, you know, definitely being open and willing to learn and to change and deal with challenges and to think outside your comfort zone, like a startup really does kind of, you know, test your limits in a way. Um, but there's also ways I, I find, you know, with a large, you know, organization, a fortune 500 or you know, fortune 100 company where you can still be, you know, challenged as well and, and kind of learn, you know, the process and the system and, and see how you would improve it. I, I will tell you, you know, candidly that my time at Sherwin Williams, there were a lot of things that I would have done differently when it comes to the way the real estate process and the site selection process took place. But when you're dealing with a 150 year old company, you know, it's, it's not as, you know, quick to change in a way. Sure. I think, you know, I think on the, the mature organization, I think if you want to really understand the evolution of a business you can learn that there if you want to get access to different people and access to different departments and if you're the type of person who's like here's how things if you need like a system already built you're like an execution person like you're 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 like someone gives you a task and you're, you're the person who always gets it done versus at a startup, like those process procedures, those steps aren't built. And if that's like, you know, throws you off, it's probably not a good place from a career versus an established mature company like Sherman Williams. Exactly. And, and honestly, there's also a level of risk, risk too, right? Like, yeah, I think it's something everyone has kind of their own personal risk tolerance. You know, if I had, you know, three kids and, you know, a huge mortgage, I don't know what I really want to kind of risk it with a startup versus if I had no kind of debts or obligations or, you know, everything was fresh to me, maybe that startup kind of culture and risk is more appreciated. But, you know, 
I think it's I think it's good to kind of see the duality and see kind of the benefit of both. I mean, I, I always think about, you know, my first job in lease administration at Rite Aid. You know, I was looking at leases from like paper leases on microfilm as well um, from the 1970s when they bought, you know, Thrifty Drug in California and, you know, all these other kind of acquisitions. So, you know, I was really kind of able to learn the basics uh, from that as well. Yeah. So. Thanks for the intro on you. Thanks for the discussion points on startups versus established companies. Give us uh, a little bit about what Peachy does. Definitely. So uh, for those who don't know, Peachy, we're based in New York City. We are a wrinkle prevention and wrinkle treatment um, studio, if you will. Um, very straightforward. I know a lot of, you know, there's a lot of med spas and, you know, kind of, other operators that are out there, we really do like three things and three things that prevent wrinkles and treat wrinkles. We do uh, neuromodulator injections, which is Botox. Botox is kind of like the Xerox of the copier world. Ah. So, so Botox is kind of like the trade name. So we offer Botox, Zeoman, Juvo, and Dysport all kind of offer the same, you know, outcome in a way, you know, reducing wrinkles and fine lines. So that's kind of our, our bread and butter. We offer that. Um, we also have our own sunscreen line and also um, prescription retinoids as well. Um, so for us, we're very much, you know, a science-backed organization. We're not trying to, you know, offer our customers, hey, walk in and we're going to completely change the way you look. It's more about, you know, maintaining the way you look, preventing wrinkles, um, and just really, you know, doing what we can that is, you know, FDA approved and, you know, science backed. Got it. Do you wholesale the suntan lotion? Sunscreen? Uh, it's, you know, privately, private label, you know. Got it. But can, can you buy it in like a Target or Amazon or something like that? No, no. We only, we only offer it through, we only offer it through, you know, our studios, which is a special kind of blend that, you know, we have two founders and one of our, 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 our co-founders, you know, medical doctor has a background, has an expertise when it comes to, you know, what actually, you know, it takes to you know prevent sun damage. So that's kind of what we do. We're, we're, we always say, and I always like to tell people, we really want to demystify and destigmatize wrinkle prevention. Um, you know, there's a whole slew of, you know, jokes and late night, late night, night uh, comedians that love to talk about Botox and frozen face and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I will say over the last five years, Botox in general has become a lot more normalized. So, you know, a big push for us, again, to demystify, destigmatize is to, um, you know, really kind of have a place where people can go and learn more about it. Really cool concept. You started with two locations. How many locations are open now? Eight locations are open. Got it. And you have signed leases for how many more? By the end of this year, we'll have 12 open. So... Give us a little color. What type of real estate are they looking for? Are you looking for? So typically we're looking as small as 1200 square feet, as large as 2,500 square feet. Um, you know, for us, our core customer really is that female 25 to 35. Um, that's something else that kind of sets us apart. A lot of other med spa or, you know, Botox driven businesses kind of focus on that, you know, 40 to 45 plus female we're trying to, you know, get our customer in early. Um, our customer is not going to a plastic surgeon to get Botox. Um, 
you know, for us, we're all about, you know, flat fee pricing as well. If you go to a derm or a plastic surgeon or another med spa, they charge per unit. Um, so they're more kind of their, their motivation is really to, you know, you know, fill your face with as many units as possible. You know, a customer walks in, has no idea what they're paying versus at Peachy, it's, it's flat fee pricing. A customer knows what they're going to be paying no matter if they get one unit or hundred units. So, you know, we're really focused on that kind of millennial customer. I will say, you know, we're really focused on, you know, high quality, high, high quality real estate. Um, you know, for us, visibility is huge. Um, co-tenancy is probably the, the biggest thing for us. Um, we really want to be by, you know, your, your very cool, trendy, whether it be tendental or modern, you know, um, not modern vet, but um, bond vet, bond vet, small door vet, those kind of brands really speak to us. Got it. And done some different product product type. You're in high street retail. Obviously, you're in the city in Chicago. Uh, you're going to your um, lifestyle centers. Lifestyle centers, yeah, we are we are looking at lifestyle centers. I mean, again, you know, our customers really you know, focus on fitness as well. So being near, say, a Lululemon or Aloe Yoga is huge. Um, being near you know, Soul Cycle, Barry's Bootcamp, yeah, lifestyle centers work well for us. Got it. Very cool. And a lot of, I'm curious, a lot of the brands that you worked with previously, maybe not GoPuff, but, but definitely in spirit and with Sherwin-Williams, those are known quantities. Now at DLC, we're a large Sherwin landlord, we're a spirit landlord. So very familiar with those. And when those people pick up, when they, you picked up the phone before, everyone knew who you are, what it was about, understood everything. I imagine you're picking up the phone and doing a lot of educating these days to landlords, yeah. right? Well, I mean, yeah, I think you have to, I mean, think about the target demo that I'm talking to to most of these landlords. It's mostly male, unfortunately, and mostly, you know, 40 plus Right. Um, in some right. situations, in some markets, you know, even significantly older. So their kind of knowledge of Botox and or wrinkle prevention is extremely limited. It's, you know, it's limited to say, oh, my girlfriend or my wife does it or, oh, you know, these celebrities do it. it it's, it's very limited. That's where my knowledge is. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and, it's, and that's fine. And I think, you know, a big part of what I do in other in other careers as well, but especially here at Peachy is telling that story of who we are, what we're all about you know, kind of what we do to the spaces and, you know, why we are kind of the A plus, you know, tenant when it comes to, you know, the amount of build out we do and, and the, the low requirements we need. So it's really telling that kind of story and educating. And how have you been finding the market and finding real estate and you, the type of real estate you're targeting, you're in a different rental sphere than you were at Sherman Williams and very, very much so. Yeah, very much so. And, it's it's interesting because you know when you're on the other side you think oh it must be so easy it's like there's tons of spaces available and you know when you have a and again we don't have an unlimited budget but when rent is you know a little more flexible you think oh it would be so easy but i will say um in the markets that we're looking at highly competitive um outside of new york city you know this year we'll be opening up in washington dc and chicago and we have those leases executed and you know they're under construction right now which is great but um, moving forward, looking at in markets like in Texas or Nashville or, or South Florida, oh, there's no space. There's no space, right? And even if we would pay the rents that they are they're commanding, 
there's just no inventory, um, which is a big challenge. Um, another big challenge for us is because the med spa space is so um, big right now over the past five years, a lot of the great centers that we would love to be in, there's already either a local or regional operator that has a use restriction. So when you add in low inventory and use restrictions, it, it can make it very challenging. Have you come across, it, it feels like you guys are niche in the, in the space. Have you come across anyone else who's trying to do this on a national scale, what you guys are doing? There's other, there's definitely other, like, and again, I say med spa, but there are other, you know, operators that are, are similar to us. For us, though, we're very you know, singular. We do like one thing or, or three things very well, very well. We're not trying to do facials. We're not doing filler. We're not doing, you know, body cool sculpting or any kind of body work. It's very simple. It's sunscreen, retinoids, and Botox. Um, and for us, you know, we have highly educated, highly paid nurse practitioners that they do this every day, you know, all day, you know, every day. So they know what to do to get the best outcome. Um, so I always kind of say we're very, and again, this may not be the best analogy, but we're like Shake Shack, right? Shake Shack makes a really good burger and a really good milkshake. And that's what they do. Or right. Chick-fil-A, right? Chick-fil-A makes a really good chicken sandwich. So for us at Peachy, we do really good wrinkle prevention and that's it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense to me. Was, yeah. I actually like those analogies. I like those. Yeah. Analogies. I mean, it's, it's, and again, like there are so many, you know, dermatologists and plastic surgeons and they really, those businesses are structured to really kind of cross sell you, right? They want you to come in and say, I need Botox. And then they're going to say, well, don't you want to lose some weight or don't you want to you know, inflate your lips or don't you want to do something else? And you know, the customer, it's a different kind of experience versus you go to Peachy. It's like, this is what you want. We have a conversation with you. Great. We can help you out. And that's it. We're preventing wrinkles for you. We're treating your wrinkles. We're not trying to cross sell you on all these different, you know, potentially not effective treatments. Got it. Okay. Well, it's been super insightful. I want to move on to one of the last pieces. You have a story about a deal that you did in Chicago that you started to tell me, which sounded interesting. Take us away, Zach. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we talked about how like tight inventory is and, you know, we're extremely, extremely picky when it comes to co-tenants and positioning. And I'm really happy to say we, we found actually a second story space. It's in the um, Gold Coast neighborhood of Chicago, which I think is probably one of the best kind of, you know, high street areas in Chicago. And it's a second story space right across from Tesla, brand new Glossier just opened last week. And, you know, we were very much, you know, on the, on the feds about, do we want to do a second floor space? We've never done a second floor space before. You know, we're so used to New York city street level for everything. Um, but, you know, the landlord was extremely helpful and, you know, we had a lot of meetings and discussions about design and build out and um we're gonna we're gonna move forward with it it's super visible it's a hard corner has you know two-thirds windows which is great so that is good that it's two-thirds windows and it's a hard corner that is good yeah. i actually think even though you had no locations i think you guys were probably a leg up on some other retailers as it relates to second story space 
because you're in New York and that's not atypical, it's something that happens. Whereas in like the suburban shopping center space, it's much more rare than, than like in New York. So I think it would be helpful. It was a concern. You had never done it before. What, what are the concerns about being on a second story? Like when you guys are talking about like, Hey, it's second story for those who might not know, why isn't that great? Or, and how did you guys get to a point where this could work? Exactly. I think the big thing is, is will the customers come? Right. I know my, our kind of take internally here is in New York city, people don't want to walk upstairs. They don't, they don't want to take an extra elevator if they don't have to versus in Chicago. Hey, maybe this is a little more, you know, okay. And they're a little more willing to do it. Um, you know, another example is Boston. If you go to Newberry street, you know, every single retail space in, on Newberry street either has steps up or steps down. So it's just a matter of kind of determining, Hey, will the customer, you know, appreciate this? And I, I think our trade-off for, for the space in Chicago was because of this visibility, because of this positioning and because of this substantially lower rent, that's the play for us. Yeah. I, I think that's, those are good points. Like the access might not be what you wanted because it's second floor, but when you start talking about corner windows, both sides, that's really hard to get on the street level. Yeah. I, I mean, I could, I could rattle off. I mean, another great retailer and like literally right by us is Aritzia. Aritzia is, you know, kind of all day, every day, our, our core customers go to retail store. So there's just a ton of great things in that neighborhood. Um, so to be there in, in a super visible second floor space, I mean, we spend a lot of money on our marketing and our build outs. So, you know, it's going to get a lot of eyeballs. I'm curious. So you go to Chicago and you were looking for space. You met with your broker. I assume you had a broker. Of course. Of course. I mean, I, another thing I, I didn't mention, like broker relationship is huge is really, I don't know if, other guests have said that, but for us, I mean, the, the local knowledge is, is huge for us. Got it. So you had a broker, you're, you're touring sites, and I imagine, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, you're looking at stuff and you're not finding stuff. You're looking in the Gold Coast, which is really great area. You mentioned all the fabulous co-tenants that are in the area that you are. You're looking around and there's no first floor space available. And so how did the second floor get pitched to you and... Um, let's start there because I have a follow-up to that, but go ahead. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, I kind of chalk it up to a really good, really good broker network that we have. And, you know, our broker uh, who's with JLL, Shannon Pope, she said, hey, guys, I know that you said on our initial kind of call and, and discussion that, you know, first floor is, is what you need and that's it. And she said, I really need to drive by and I really need to show you guys this. And, you know, we got the tour book sent to us beforehand before we made the trip out there. And I was like, oh, I don't know, like, you know, my boss, is, who's, um, you know, the co-founder and co-CEO, I know he's going to hate this. It's not going to work well. It's going to be hard uphill battle. But I said, you know what, let's still let's drive by. It's, you know, the windows look great. Let's drive by and see it. So physically getting there really kind of sold, sold it to us. Got it. So uh, that's interesting. So if it was done virtually, you probably wouldn't have made a deal there. If no. it was showed to you on Teams. No, I will, I will say, you know, as much as I love Zoom and technology and really, you know, optimizing that for, for cost and everything, you know, there's times where, you know, on, on the computer, on Zoom, it looks 
absolutely horrible and I go in person and, and in this case it was great. It made all the sense to us. I've also had it the other way where you know a space is pitched to us and it looks great and it looks like everything is brand new and all great co-tenants, but then when I get there, the positioning of the space is way off, no visibility in a corner and it just doesn't work. So I, unfortunately it's, we still have to travel to actually physically see everything. So, okay. So you go there, you're like, wow, this space could work. Is it a, who's under, who's underneath you? Uh, actually underneath us is Peter Millar. Oh, wow. And, and PNC Bank, but Peter Millar is right underneath us. Wow. And they've been there for several, I think over a decade. So they're pretty well established. Yeah. Great retailer. Yeah. And so you, you end up, and so everyone knows, so maybe you get some, uh, walk-bys. What, what's the, what's the cross street there? Cross street. I don't know, but I know the address is 875 North Rush. North Rush. Okay. So North it's Rush. And, and also another kind of kicker, I think that sold the deal when we went inside the space itself, up the floor and up the elevator was right across from our retail unit was a very high end bridal, um, Bridal oh, wow. Yeah. Local, regional kind of, you know, couture, bridal gown, you know, maker. But the idea that, hey, a future bride plus her whole entire wedding party is going here right across this, right across the hallway is, you know, that's great, great. To, you know, prevent wrinkles. So that's really good. That really I kind would... of sold, sold the deal for us. Yeah. That's a good co tenant. And then how dramatic. Were the economics differences between first and second floor? Dramatic. Dramatic. I would say, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but probably definitely more than 25% difference. Wow. Yeah. 25, maybe even 30% difference. Okay. So. So the moral of the story, never say never, everybody. Never, never say never. Yeah. Okay. So. When do, when do you plan to open? You said it's under construction. When do you hope to open? It'll be it'll be a Q4 a Q4 open for us. So I don't have I have the idea of the month, but just to be safe, I would say Q4 this year. And leads me to another question: Is there a better opening period for this type of retailer versus others? Like you know, you you've been at retailers like Spirit, yeah. where the opening period is like well, the most important thing in the world. Yeah, there's there's no change in the opening date for Spirit Halloween. It's very very. Yeah. That's strict. Um, no, I mean, for us, the great thing is, is that, you know, Botox, because of we're such a visual and, you know, we're on, we're on video calls all the time. I mean, you would think that near the holidays is good just because of, you know, functions and holiday parties and things like that. But honestly, we see, we see great, uh, you know, sales months all throughout the year. Um, so there's no kind of preferred, I would say, but a big thing for us is just making sure we space our opens, you know, so that we don't have, you know, two or three studios opening in the same month. Got it. Well, listen, Zach, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate the time. Uh, thank you for telling the story about Peachy on Rush in Chicago. I can't wait to go see it when it opens. I want to take us to the last part of the show. I got three questions for you. They're fun questions. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right. Question one, what is the last item over $20 that you bought in a store? So the last item over $20 that I bought in a store, probably a pair of Allbirds. Um, oh. Yeah, I was going, I just recently got back. I was away. I went to Japan for two weeks. And um, before I left, I wanted to get a good pair of like walking shoes and very durable. So I went to the Allbirds store here 
um, in Flatiron and, and grabbed a pair. Cool retailer, cool retailer, great shoes. Yeah, I mean, they do a great job. They're also like very like eco-conscious, which I like. So, good. So, um, second question. What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? So, it's kind of timely. I feel like everyone would probably say Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, I'm going to throw it back and I probably would say um, KB Toys. Oh, what a good toy story. Yeah. Toys. I just have very vivid memories as a kid, like going to the mall um, and just just being very much enticed by their massive amounts of merchandising, uh, tons of merchandise everywhere. So that's one I thought, you know, would be would be great if you could stick around. But got it. Last question, Zach, if you and I are shopping at Target and I lost you, what aisle would I find you in? So I don't go to Target much. I, I'm more of a Whole Foods person uh, living uh, in New York, but uh, Target, I would probably be in the skincare aisle. Probably like the, the, the beauty, you know, seeing kind of what's, what's on the market. Got it. That makes sense now. Yeah, not makeup, but like skincare, the skincare aisle. Sure. I get it. Well, listen, Zach, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks Keep so rocking. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.